is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. Hey, and it's the start of week number two in the National Football League. It is game day once again. It's already Thursday again. We got the Browns and the <laughs> Bengals tonight, and we've got Mickey Spagnola in the SWBC Mortgage Studios, Everson Walls in the SWC Mortgage Walls <laughs> Studio, and Mickey's probably Everson Mickey's probably going to get distracted again because he's got his television on. He's talking about what's on the NFL Network right now. Yeah, he's worried about other teams. He should really concentrate on us, the Dallas Cowboys. That's the problem with this organization. Too many distractions. I can multitask. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> All right. All right. And there's plenty that the Cowboys need to multitask about as they get set to play the Atlanta Falcons. Have we uh, have we put the Rams game behind us yet, Mickey? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I've noticed a couple things once I got to uh, see the All-22 that I thought was uh, pretty interesting on why certain plays turned out uh, the way they did. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I think the team has, and they've moved on. As Mike McCarthy said the other day, you know, after they had their team meeting on Monday, it, it, it was uh, on, to, on to the Atlanta Falcons. And so, uh, you know, they're practicing right now. They're probably just finishing up. And uh, one of the screens up here, by the way, is where they're getting ready to interview Dak Prescott today. Go. So, because remember, <laughs> Thursdays in the locker room was Dak's day. Uh, Wednesday was Zeke's day, and uh, Zeke explained his "Feed Me" tattoo to everybody yesterday. And, uh, and uh, you know, we'll get the audio. I'll get the audio of uh, Dak here uh, when we're finished. I was thinking, you know, wouldn't it be neat while that interview's going on on Thursdays with Dak if we can just cut in live and listen to it? But I don't know if we're allowed. That would be neat. I don't know if we're allowed to do that. But I'm going to ask. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, we need to ask Chris that one. We need to ask Chris, can he multitask himself? No, I bet yeah. if Chris we needed that, to, Chris good. could figure it out. It's a matter of if we're allowed to do it. <laughs> Well, if, also, if Mike guys, McCarthy's yeah, press conference is live, then why not the quarterback's press conference? We well, to, that's a good point. Got to be streaming live. Yeah, yeah. But that. Speaking of that, I was just yeah. looking for the problem with the that, Mickey, is if, if if he is going to have his press conference at the same time that Mick Shots is on, that takes away time from you, and you do not want to have mm -hmm. your time taken away. You know from, what? Right? For the quarterback, I'll bend over backwards. Right. Uh-oh, I like that. I like that. I'll tell you what, guys. What I saw uh, was a few guys getting thrown under the bus. You talk about putting last week's game behind us. I didn't know that uh, Schultz was, was supposed to be the, the goat of the game. They talked about not just him missing passes, but they also mentioned that uh, on that uh, infamous fourth down play, that uh, he didn't run far enough upfield to set the pick for CeeDee Lamb to get past the, 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 the line to gain. I'm, I hate saying that. The line to gain. So CeeDee Lamb did not 
go get to the line to gain because Schultz was too shallow to pick off uh, his defender or at least screen him a bit. Now, where did so you that, where did you uh, get CD, that, Everson? Hey, man, I can't call it out. I have my own. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, then I'm... I have my own devices and things of that nature. And then I went back and looked at the play itself. And you could you could put a little blame there on Schultz, but to no, me, the basic that was uh, that, that's blue. Yeah, I'm with you now. I'm with you. I'm with you, Spags. I'm with you. I, I mean, let's just be real. He could have uh, done a better job of picking, but so could everyone else. Have. Dak could have thrown a better pass. CD still could have uh, reached the line to gain. Uh, even with without much uh, extra effort, right? Uh, so I see your hands up. What? So yeah, what are you I must what are have. You say, I finally got a chance to see the all twenty-two, and and I must have watched that play five times on both shots. And yes, CD CD could have taken another step and and gained the line. He cut it across. But two other things happened. Number one, that uh, Joe Looney missed the help block on Aaron Donald and uh, Zach Martin got pushed back into Dak and Dak couldn't step up to throw the ball and consequently instead of leading CD as he was crossing from left to right he threw it right at his body and CD had to turn and catch the ball in his body instead of catching it here had he been able to lead him he would have had enough momentum to get across uh, Fuller, who did a heck of a job of coming across the formation from the safety position and coming up and making a heck of a tackle. But if those two things would have taken place, either CD runs the route a little bit deeper or they block Aaron Donald. Now, he probably didn't get uh, credit for a pressure on that, but Dak could not step up. He had to stand there flat-footed and fling it. And that's got to be, I'm thinking, a tough pass for a quarterback across a short distance to lead the guy so he can yep. catch it out front. And that was one of the reasons why that play uh, you know, didn't work the way they had hoped. And as a matter of fact, on the play before, it was third and six, and they, they hand off yep. to Zeke. Guess who messed that play up? Aaron Donald once again. <laughs> and, and, and Zach Martin had his hands full with Aaron Donald. And on that play, it looked like Joe Looney was supposed to chip and then go get the linebacker. Well, he missed the chip. So, so Zach was protecting to his right. I don't know if he's assuming he's going to get help to the left, but he didn't get it. And that screwed the play up. If they had got that block, Zeke's going to score a touchdown because the hole is huge. Uh, it is Connor so Williams, All you saw, Connor when, Williams when did Zeke a heck fell. of a job on his guy. And, and and if they had gotten that block on Donald, the the linebacker was not going to make that tackle. And when Zeke fell, he slid. You know, you could tell he slid that. He slid for about another yard. Uh, no one was even around him when he fell. Of course, he was tripped up before he fell. Uh, I would have to disagree with you a bit, Spags, in regards to the defensive back coming up from the safety position. I still thought with the momentum that he had, even if uh, CD would have, if, if Dak was able to get the ball out there a little bit more, 
CD would have had to pull one of his OU miracles <laughs> and, and, and catch it and at the same time reach forward. That would have been a heck of a move to make. And Bill, Bill is a, a CD man, and I am too. We've seen him do that, of course, in college, and we know he has the ability. I still think the momentum of that collision from that safety still would have been a tough uh, uh, reach for CD to reach above the line to gain. Uh, I still don't think he would have made the play. Uh, but the third down play, I thought, was extremely key. And we started talking about this because of, uh, because of Schultz. Uh, I look forward to Schultz really shutting everybody's mouth uh, in regards to how he played this past game. Uh, this guy's a stud. I think he's a stud as well. Uh, he and Jarwin are almost tit for tat. Uh, I think he can block better than Jarwin, and I look forward to him making up for being the GOAT of the game. And sorry, Bill, we haven't moved you know, on, and I noticed one other thing on that play. <laughs> for, for a split second, and if Everson looked at this, he probably saw it. For a split second, Dak was getting greedy. He saw the receiver coming out of the slot, running basically a post, and for a split second there, he was wide open, and I think he was thinking, I got a touchdown on this play. And, the, and because CD was wide open before he threw him the ball, he could have thrown that ball to CD a lot sooner before uh, Fuller. Fuller broke across the back of the linebackers and came up and made that tie. Had he thrown that sooner, he would have had the opportunity to turn up uh, quicker. But he saw that guy breaking, and just when I think he was thinking of throwing it, the linebacker got in the way, and he didn't have a clear shot, and then he came back underneath. But they had another alternative on that play, and it looked like uh, he would have scored. It would have been a touchdown pass had he thrown it sooner. So there was a lot of other things in that play, in those two plays that I saw, uh, that, that took place. All right, Bill, you know, we're and, moving on, Bill. We're moving well, on. But, we're moving on. <laughs> but to that point, we're, and I'm, I'm monitoring it on Periscope, and there's a delay on Periscope, the video that Chris Beam is showing of, of the play. And you can really see it on Periscope where, where the linebackers are. They're at the first down sticks, and where CD starts his crossing route, he has to start it a yard upfield from it uh, because they're guarding that first down line. And, and so it's easy to say that CD needs to get further upfield. Well, he can't get further upfield because there's two linebackers and then the safety comes up that are guarding that first down line on that crossing route right there. Yeah, and, no and, and unfortunately, you know, without uh, after the game, when no one has an opportunity to see those, then it's like, well, yeah, he should have ran. We should have executed better. Well, there was other things that needed to be executed better, uh, and he didn't need to be executed for running the route short. <laughs> so there. And I'm, watch, I'm watching it again right there. And, yeah, I mean, you know, your knee-jerk knee reaction when you watch it on television and you see the result of the play is, oh, he's, he's got to get further downfield. Well, then you go back and watch it. and Well, how is he getting beyond the sticks running a crossing route when there's three defensive players right on the uh, where the first down line is? It, it's impossible. So. Yeah. Anyway, All I guess right. we'll move on, though, right? Let's move yeah, on. Yeah, we have to. We have to. <laughs> okay, so one of the questions on Periscope, Mickey, this is from McCarthy's press conference today, 
And uh, it is, what did you think about McCarthy's view about pre-snap I knew that was coming. Why is this town (laughs) so enamored with pre-snap motion, right? Pre-snap motion. They don't do it enough. That's going to confuse the defense. And I thought his explanation. They ranked 26th in the league in pre-snap motion. They only were in pre-snap motion 4% of the time against the Rams. And they didn't do it enough last year, and they gained more yards than anybody else in the National Football League, right? That was Garrett's fault. Now it's McCarthy's fault, right? What what is it with the – I was glad that he explained pre-snap motion basically – it, it, he said it, it, it's for two reasons. One, to create some, somewhat of a nuisance. And two, it gives the quarterback a better read on what the defense is doing because you're going to see if they're in man or zone. And then he went on to explain that he did it a lot early in his career at Green Bay. And then the more experience Aaron Rodgers uh, was able to get, he could read the defense quickly himself without having to see motion to detect if it's zone uh, or if it's man. And he didn't want it anymore. He, he wanted to read it in his own. And uh, talking to uh, Babe Laufenberg, he said Tony Romo hated motion because he felt like he could read it as good and they didn't need to waste all that time uh, running motion. And when you get into a hurry-up offense, there's no motion. Mm-hmm. You're getting to the line and you no want to snap. You don't want to sit there and go, okay, come on, yes. give them across the motion. No, I, I, I don't get why everybody's enamored with that. Well, well if you recall, the Rams we, you know, that's what motion. the Cowboys are really known for, going all the way back to Tom Landry. You talk about pre-snap motion. We had linemen going up and down. <laughs> we had switches. We had Dorsett was going to swing. He and Ron Springs would just be going back and forth. They would have about three or four or five pre-snap reads just before you snap the ball i mean that was that was one of the more out outrageous well outlandish i'd say out, outlandish movements that that any team ever had that that came from the dallas cowboys maybe that guy was he must be in our generation that asked that question <laughs> well because and, yeah and and so i'll ask you everson how many straight years did the cowboys go to the playoffs using pre-snap motion under landry it must have worked hey, huh? uh, uh it took it it took until 1984 till we finally didn't make it if i'm not mistaken so come on now Let's not start comparing everybody to Tom Landry. You're going down a, 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 a deep rabbit hole with that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mickey, uh, before we take this first break, anything else you want to get in off the top here from yeah, uh, we probably need press to clear conference up, or anything else? Yeah, we probably need to clear up the portion of practice that uh, we were able to see. Um, there was one guy missing from practice, and of all people, it was number 58. And you're sitting there going, oh, are you kidding me? You know, maybe the 74% of the snaps wore him out, but uh, as it turns out, wore it appears. Wore him out. I believe yeah. that to be true, Spag. But uh, apparently <laughs> uh, he didn't do a good enough job uh, flossing or brushing his teeth because he had a dentist appointment. <laughs> we'll, ta- okay. we'll take that one. We'll take that one. He, so, des- he deserves a break. I look, yeah, as I looked at the game, he had an amazing game. Of course, he made some mistakes, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But the guy just had an amazing game for someone that hadn't played for five years. And for for him to play at that high level 
and 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 you could see that he was a bit fatigued, but but that that's that football fatigue, to where you can still line it up and play the next play. He did that time and time again. Pretty proud of him. And boy, you talk about a, a steal, Will McClay. He he deserves another. Uh, uh, if he hadn't had a raise already, he deserves another raise for going out and finding this guy. Actually, you know uh, that the, on Periscope, they're thanking Jay Glazer for that. Yes, already, I was just going to say. On Periscope. <laughs> Thank you, Jay Glazer and Tom Sula for Alden Smith. Well, Jay Glazer, that's where uh, Alden Smith went to do his training. Uh, and, and not only the physical training, but also mental training. And he runs a kind of a rehab yes. training center where they uh, athletes and, uh, and, and former uh, military people that need to rehab and that's where as a matter of fact as the story goes Mike McCarthy ran into Alden Smith at Jay Glazer's training session in December before he even knew he was going to become the Cowboys head coach he had gone to LA to visit mm. his daughter and I don't know if she was working there or working out there but he visited the place and ran into uh, Alden Smith and he kind of told the story uh, when he did his first interview after signing with the Cowboys, how he kind of ran into Mike McCarthy, yep. and he said, we just kind of talked, just kind of, you know, and he, he goes, I kind of like the guy. Uh, and one thing after another fell into place. Remember we interviewed his agent, Ron Slavin, on Mick Shots uh, back in, I think yes, it was early did. July, right? And he said, yeah, and he yep. got a it call a and interview. said, hey, would you, would you be interested in this guy? So a lot of things fell into place. And I would imagine, you know, the last thing you would have thought that he would have played that many snaps in the first game and then be the second guy on the team with 12 tackles, the only guy with a sack. Uh, and by the way, his pressure created that interception uh, that Cheeto had. Yes, it did. So, uh, and you're right. Well, it, you, you, you say pressure, it, pressure. You know, it was more of a <laughs> club to the head. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure, right, when you get hit in the head. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> and, and he admitted, and, and he, he said, I wasn't it. perfect, and, and even McCarthy <laughs> said it. And you can see there were some running plays that he didn't uh, react cor correctly on the edge there. He did not, he did not contain well. And I'm in, thinking, in God, if he did it all right, if he did it all right, he'd have had 20 tackles. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. He would have been Aaron Donald. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. We continue with more mixed shots, and we take an up-close look at these Atlanta Falcons and some key matchups when we come back here. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. Make the most of summer with Ford, America's best-selling brand during the Ford Summer Sales Event. With great offers on a huge selection of Ford SUVs and the largest selection of truck inventory to choose from. Get huge offers across the Ford lineup. So grab the family and head out. Ford's helping you make the most out of summer. It's easier now during the Ford Summer Sales Event. Based on 2019 calendar year total sales. Based on auto data compact and full-size stock inventory as of June 2020. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? 
Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Back, 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 back to mixed shots. Let Dallas Cowboys Rhythm and Blue entertain you with some of the best hip-hop talent in the area, whether it's the high-energy co-ed dance team or the dynamic drumline. Either can be booked to provide a unique and unforgettable experience for your virtual or in-person event. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash DCRB for more information or to book today. As we continue here on Mix Shots and um, Mickey, I've got a I've got a text I need to answer right now for work-related purposes. <laughs> so, and so how so about you, want you me to carry on here? With a, <laughs> yeah, I want you to carry it here for a couple of minutes while while I take care of this little text that I received that I got to take care Talk of. Talk about right multitasking. Now. There you go. Yeah, that's right. I can't multitask. <laughs> so uh, you, you yeah. do your thing. I'm listening while I do this. The, the injury report that came out uh, yesterday, the only guy listed on the Cowboys injury report was Jordan Lewis, and it was full practice. So uh, he should be full go uh, for this week. I would think the same for uh, Brandon Carr, who was signed off the practice squad onto the 53-man roster. Uh, so, and, and he's been out there uh, you know, practicing uh, both days this week uh, with the team. Uh, it looks really good in the, in the drills we get to watch. So uh, I would imagine they, they try to find some uh, rotation that gets him uh, on the field. And as for uh, Atlanta, the only significant player that was listed that did not practice uh, was Jake Matthews, their starting left tackle. So we'll see where, uh, where that one goes as the week goes along. But, yeah, he, he was not able to practice. And, uh, you know, they had a couple other guys, but not really any of the uh, starters to, to speak of. So uh, both teams for, you know, the guys that are there now are pretty healthy, although I keep seeing that Cowboys – uh, injured reserve list growing. It's now eight. I think it started with three uh, before the the first game or so, and and now it's stretched out to eight. So uh, that's getting to be quite a bit, and that's what I think. Everson people need to understand about salary caps type stuff. When they they see a team and it's like, oh, they got ten, twelve million. Why don't they spend it? Well, when you start getting guys injured, when they go to injured reserve, they're still getting paid. But now you got to. You've right. got to replace them with somebody else, and that continues to eat into your salary cap. So you've got to have a buffer on that cap, and the Cowboys usually like to keep about 10 to $12 million, uh, in, in buffer uh, just for things like that or uh, the ability to maybe pick somebody up off, uh, off the waiver wire 
Um, so yeah, uh, so from an injury standpoint, uh, in practice today as they started, um, they were in, in pretty good shape except for uh, Alden Smith. And oh, by the way, I, I can't remember if we talked about this yesterday or not, but Randy Gregory is on the field now. He was conditionally reinstated yes. and he's allowed uh, to uh, do conditioning work on the field, his own individual drills on the field and take part in the meetings. And so for the last two days, those are the first time we saw him out there uh, working with the trainers on his own. And he looks pretty good, too, by the way. I have a, a, a you know, a question in regards to, to uh, equipment. Uh, how did uh, Jordan Lewis give up his jersey? Wasn't, wasn't he number 27 last year? Yeah, he was 27 last year, and now Trayvon Diggs is 27. So here's how, what happened. How did that, here's what, here's did that what, negotiation no, 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 no. go? Here's what happened. So, ha-ha, uh, Clinton Dix uh, veteraned him and said, I want 27. And so he gave and so up. So that happened first. That happened first, and then when he got released, I think Lewis just decided, I'll just keep 26. And he stayed with 26. Uh -huh. And then Diggs, who was 31, decided he wanted 27. So he took 27. Did you ever have an argument about numbers? For me. No one no, tried to no, get 24 well, you know from what? you? When I, went, when I went to the Giants, when I went to the Giants, of course I wanted 24. But, but uh, O.J. Anderson, you know, he's older than me, so... And he's a little bit of a jerk, so he wouldn't really negotiate with me much at all. Uh, that's, they, they start calling him, uh, instead of OJ, they start calling him Old J. So that was always my little payback for not uh, getting my jersey. So that's how I ended up with number 28 uh, with the Giants as opposed to having number 24. Do you, do you remember, do you remember I was confused. Go ahead, Bill. No, no, you go ahead, Mickey. What? I was going to say, I was going to ask Everson if he remembered Jimmy's first year training camp in Thousand Oaks uh, when the Cowboys ended up acquiring uh, Steve Walsh. And uh, Steve, yes. Steve Walsh was four in college. Well, Mike Saxon had four yeah. for the Cowboys. And somebody asked Saxon about giving his number up to, uh, to Steve Walsh. And Saxon said, well, for a price, yeah. And so somebody told Jimmy of about course. it, and I could still see us walking back over the bridge, and we're coming down that path towards the locker room, and somebody asked Jimmy about the number, and Jimmy exploded and said, yeah, well, Saxon ought to just take care of himself and make sure he's on the team to keep number four. <laughs> and, oh, everybody, that ended up being the story that night, right? <laughs> and it was the evening hey, practice, well, too. Know, I don't... I don't think Jimmy liked kickers much at all. <laughs> if you recall, when we were doing our, our first conditioning and he had us run like 17 110-yard dashes. Yeah. And the first thing that happened is a, a guy's over there bent over and he happened to be a kicker that had asthma. And, boy, you talk about if, if it would have been Facebook back then, he would have gone viral 
by well, cursing I think out it the kid go viral even then it, it did yeah, it went viral any, it's still what, out there. wasn't it Ma- yeah, you Massimo? Can probably find it on YouTube right now wasn't it Massimo whoever Manca? he was he didn't stick around no he, he was getting cut anyway he wasn't going to be the kicker so Jimmy <laughs> yeah. just sacrificed him and yelled at him and said there you go said something like the damn asthma field is over there and he pointed to the empty yeah, field he said over there. take your asthma ass over to the other field that's exactly <laughs> what he said Jimmy was such a over there. Jimmy was such a bully. If he could bully you, man, he would go off on you. Oh, my goodness. What a bully. (laughs) Oh. All right. We got any other number issues? (laughs) (laughs) I I just remember, remember, uh, Jimmy, uh, we'll get to a matchup here in a second. I just got to tell Remember, Who cares? Who cares about the matchup? Let's talk about Jimmy. Go ahead. (laughs) Remember the game against the Giants? Yes. Post game press conference Absolutely. when Jimmy was so mad, and he's talking about it's the worst officiating he's ever seen. <laughs> Post game. Oh, press is conference. that is that what lost the game for us? The officiating. <laughs> yeah, that's what did it. <laughs> that's the worst officiating I've ever seen. I think since, it was since my daddy. What? Go ahead, Mickey. I was going to say that was the '90 season when they went to New York and and got clobbered, just got clobbered. Okay. And and go ahead. And then he he basically said it's that. the worst officiate I've ever seen since since my daddy said this is what you call a football. <laughs> now, if that was in '90, then yeah, I was already with the Giants. Yeah, and yeah, we did whip their asses pretty well. But if you remember, but it had nothing to do with officiating. But it if, was a person named LT. Yeah. That's who it was. There was no officiating. And if you remember the year before when you played that, it was one of the final games of the season. I think it was the second to last game. And you, you got shut out like 12 to nothing, I think, by the Giants. Uh, and it was freezing yeah. cold. And uh, after, after the game, and, and I saw this take place because I'd followed somebody out to the bus. And... Jimmy called all the assistants off the bus that was going to take him to the charter flight and, and, and reamed them. And then one of his comments after the game, because you had like, I want to say there was two or three first in goals and didn't score any of them. The Giants just shut them down. And, and Jimmy said, yeah, we're just not strong enough. we got to get stronger. And then two games later, he he. He, he fired Coach Ward that had been the, the uh, strength and conditioning right. coach for Bob like Ward. ever. Bob that was Ward our conditioning coach from way back. And, and, and everybody qualified it was, yeah, they weren't strong enough. It's like, no, they weren't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> we had no talent on that squad, guys. It was zero talent. I'm sorry. All right, Everson, I want to ask you about one specific matchup. Cowboys secondary against yep. these Falcons receivers. Yes. Three 100-yard receivers last week against uh, Seattle. And specifically, how about Trayvon Diggs when he's matched up against Julio Jones? Wow. That's going to be a heck of a matchup. Bama on Bama. The only problem is one guy has about eight, nine years' experience over the other. Uh, 800 all, catches in his career now. Well, both, both, all three receivers had not, not just 100 yards, but they had nine receptions themselves. Julio, of course, is the man. He didn't score, but he had 150-plus yards in the last game. You better put your track shoes on, Trayvon. That's all I got to say. I'm sure he already, he's already aware of it. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they may have talked several times 
uh, on the phone uh, between Trayvon and, and Julio. But right now, Calvin Ridley you, too. Cap, thank you, Calvin Ridley as well. Uh, you talk about a guy. He had two touchdown passes in in last week's game. You're gonna you're gonna see a much more exciting offense than you saw against the Rams. Uh, I think it's gonna be a lot of the same type of uh, mechanisms that that are gonna be used. They're gonna be throwing on first down. They're gonna make sure that they have a short third down that they have to deal with. They're going to worry about our defensive line getting pressure. So uh, Matty Ice is going to get rid of the ball very quickly. The problem you have with Julio Jones, probably one of the most athletic wide receivers in the NFL. And that goes out through a number of decades. He's big, he's fast, he's smart, he has experience, and he has a connection with his quarterback. They have a good combo thing going that they've been having going for a number of years. Trayvon Diggs is going to have a problem with Julio. I would rather you get uh, a Wouzier on Julio Jones rather than have, uh, have Trayvon matched up against him. I want someone with a little bit more experience in dealing with the big physical receivers. And let's be real, guys. You can't play off man-to-man with these wide receivers. You have to challenge them. You have to make every route difficult for them because not only are they good physically in catching the ball, Julio Jones has one of the best yards after catch uh, that you're going to find throughout NFL history. Tough to bring down. He's a, even more dangerous after he catches the ball. So, guys, this is going to be a tough game. Yeah, uh, Spag said it during the break you might end up with uh, each team scoring 30 points at least. And, you know, if the Cowboys play sides, I bet Atlanta uses motion and get Julio Jones to the other side on digs, right? Uh-oh, you got pre-snap motion? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be charting pre-snap motion this week, and maybe that will be a key to victory. All right, we continue with more mixed shots in just a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women who get together every week, proudly wearing the star, to share a three-hour-long ritual of cheering, shouting at the TV, and raising their Miller light together while yelling, how about them boys? You call it Miller Time and Cowboys Nation. Here's to the only beer of the Cowboys celebrating 60 years of greatness. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. 
Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back, back, to Nick Shots. I didn't know what the hell he was doing, but so, you know. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't concentrating on that. I was concentrating on my camera. <laughs> Make it here on the air. Celebrating <laughs> styles and design worn by players and coaches over the last 60 years, the Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop introduces the new era 1960 headwear collection that I am wearing right now. Find the full assortment at your nearest Cowboys Pro Shop and on shop.dallascowboys.com. And this is the 60th, uh, 1960 hat uh, in that collection. So Get online and shop for your hat of your choice. All right. And the reason why Mickey was a little slow on the trigger, we we're all getting set straight by our producer, Chris Beam, on the real story behind why Jordan Lewis gave up number 27. Well, as it turns out, after last season, 26 opened up for Jordan Lewis. And so. He's actually switched to number 26 of his own volition because it was his college number at Michigan. So 27 was available when Ha Ha came in. When Ha Ha was let go, then Diggs switched from 31 to 27. And, of course, Diggs wore number 7 at Alabama. So that made a little more sense. Does that make any Mystery sense there? Mystery solved, Christopher. Sounds, Thank you, sir. Sounds good. Thank and by so the way, uh, Everson brought something up that I got a mix shot on, by the way, uh, via the Cowboys scouting report in their release. And I don't know if you guys saw it, but when you talked about the uh, amount of yards Atlanta gets uh, after the catch, uh, especially Julio Jones, right? Well, there's a, yes. there's a note here in the release, so I'm going to give them credit. The Cowboys gave up 275 gross passing yards in week one at the L.A. Rams, including 200 yards after the catch. So 72.7% of the Rams' total output through the air was yards after the catch. So Jared Goff never threw the ball more than probably 10 yards. You right. are going to see that all over again until the Cowboys can stop it. That is the only way that any team is going to try and negate our pass rush, or at least the threat of a pass rush. And also, with the lack of pursuit that we saw in the game as well, most of that uh, yak, most of that yak was, was caused by uh, misdirection, uh, quick screens to the wide receivers, and guys missing tackles down the field, and you didn't see a linebacker or a defensive back in the picture for 20 yards. So if I'm the Atlanta Falcons, I'm going to run that play until I see that the Cowboys can stop it. You know, and, I, and we said we wouldn't look back, but on, on, the, on the big play, I, I believe it was to uh, Woods uh, when uh, he came across the formation, at the, at the formation on the snap from uh, the Falcons right to left, 
Goff rolled out to his right and then threw back to him going left. They set up a screen, and there were four offensive linemen out ahead of him. Okay, four. Yep. The only player the Cowboys had there was Jalen Smith. He had no shot, right? And, and here's what happened. They lined up a, a wide receiver, and, and Everson, you know, you kind of got to know what the defensive call is, right? So I'm not blaming anybody, but they had two wide receivers to the right. Cup stayed there and blocked, and then they sent uh, at the snap. He came across the, the back of the offensive line uh, to the left, and the receiver that was lined up to the left ran one of these kind of post routes, and Diggs yep. went with them the whole way. And they had ended up with Diggs and two safeties on that receiver, and nobody stayed on the Cowboys' right side of the defense, and I think that was like a 30-yard gain. Uh, so that yes, was one was. of the reasons why the play was so wide open, that somebody busted a coverage. Well, once again, that's the only way you're going to nullify uh, the Cowboys' threat for a pass rush. And, you know, we're not, we're not really harping on the Falcons necessarily as we continue. I'm sorry, harping on the Rams. But the Falcons are looking at that, that video. They're looking at the game. And trust me, they are chomping at the bits at what our defense was not able to do against the Rams. So whatever you saw against uh, Los Angeles, you're going to see it. And I, think, I, I would have to say you're going to see it with much better athletes on the edges, and you're going to see it with much better running backs in the backfield. So as much as Gurley didn't get 100 yards against, uh, uh, against the Seahawks, then we're going to get a heavy dose of Gurley on first down. We're going to get him out of the backfield, and that's what happened with the Cowboys. Their failure defensively was the, they allowed the Rams to, to, to go big on first down, and they never could stop anyone on third down. Uh, really until the second half when they finally settled down. But we can't wait till the second half defensively to be aggressive. I think when you look at the Cowboys defense, what I always expect is that same defense that played against the Saints, I believe that was Sunday night. When you look at the potential of the defense that we have, that's the game that I always look at. Now, maybe I'm crazy, but I think that that potential should be lived up to the longer they stay together. But it has not. As a matter of fact, it has gone downhill in regards to their aggressiveness and, and in regards to their uh, 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 understanding what, what the offense is trying to do. So some, somehow, some way, the coaches have to find a way to get this athletic defense that we have to be more uh, effective in every facet of the in every facet of their the drives, because what you see is defensive backs letting tight ends beat them inside when the tight end is almost on the sidelines. You have to play for inside routes when you see defensive linemen uh, that are being uh, fooled by the bootleg or the misdirection. All you gotta do is stay home, and then that play turns into a totally different outcome. These are the kind of things that the Cowboys must shore up. And that's just all about preparation, guys. It's all about preparation and recognition. We have to, as a, as a team, you don't need great individuals to make good plays. You need a team to stop good offenses. And so that's what the Cowboys have to do. They have to play 
as a unit. Right now, and even going back to last year, they were playing as individuals. And it's so disappointing to see such an athletic team, athletic unit, not live up to their potential. And one of the things, uh, one of the guys who played so well in that game against the Saints that you're talking about was Jordan Lewis. And, uh, of course, Lewis wasn't there last week. Mickey, uh, one of the questions on Periscope right now, if Jay Lou is healthy, how many snaps do you realistically see him playing versus Atlanta? He was a full participant yesterday in practice, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, we were doing that as you were taking care of your work uh, email or text or whatever it was. <laughs> He's been he's he, he's basically fully practiced the last three times they've practiced or four times actually so he's available but that doesn't mean he's won a job I mean he he hasn't he hadn't practiced since the I think that injury occurred the first week of training camp uh, and training camp I understand wasn't that long so I don't know that they immediately say okay you're the slot guy I guess we'll we'll find out um, because the way they were playing it was. Uh, Anthony Brown uh, was in the slot uh, quite a bit. Uh, they did a little bit of Daryl Worley in there uh, with Lusier on the outside and Diggs at, at the other corner on the outside. So we'll see uh, where he fits in and just how many snaps uh, he might get. But I don't know that they go into it and say, well, it's, it's your job uh, because they just haven't seen much of him uh, in, in pads. So. Yeah, we'll see where uh, that one goes. And, uh, you know, when, when, when I said Woods caught that ball for 30 yards, well, it was 31 yards. Uh, and and it, it ended up being almost the majority. He had five other catches for 70, uh, I think 75 yards or something like that. And that 31 uh, got him over 100. So, yeah, the Cowboys got to be careful for that and the tight ends. And that was one of the things that they didn't adjust to, or maybe they don't want to do it. But in that first series, uh, there were several plays that um, the Rams went two tight ends, and the Cowboys stayed in their nickel defense. So I'll be interested to see, because the, the, the Falcons like their tight ends, too, by the way. All right, we're out of time on this edition of uh, Mixed Shots. We, already? We oh, my God. It's already? amazing how time Where did it flies. go? That's exactly right. <laughs> I have no idea. But we're going to be back tomorrow. We'll be making our picks, including our picks to click, when the Falcons come to town on Sunday at noon. We will see you again tomorrow at 1.30. So long, everybody. So long, guys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!